serving the Lord in a lot of different capacities, but she's really been an anchor in our women's ministry, I think, for about the last nine to ten years um, in leadership and really overseeing um, Monday night and, again, serving events and all kinds of different things. But um, So this is an a, a exciting role tonight. <laughs> I don't know I'm how... I'm usually you, doing that. I, <laughs> take this hat off, put this hat on. It's good. The Lord is stretching her. But yeah. um, I'm just excited to hear hear what the Lord has to say to us tonight through Debbie, and um, many of us know her as a friend and um, just a sweet, sweet sister in Christ, and so tonight we get to hear her as um, someone the Lord has called to bear his word to us, and are you getting nervous? I'm just like piling it on, (laughs) but I'm excited because she's been faithful, and she's just gone to the Lord and waited on him, and he's given her a good word for us tonight. So um, please welcome Debbie. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, it's a little strange to be up here in this capacity, but you know what? We just have to, when the Lord calls you to do something, we need to be obedient and I am being obedient to the Lord. So I just want to give you guys a big welcome. And I wanted to say it's really sweet that we're all here together. I see so many faces from Thursday. I just look out and I see Sandy and Jenny May and just so many of you and so many of you that have loved on me and have prayed for me. So welcome with our Monday night gals. So this thing is a little bit noisy, but... Um, One of the things I do want to just tell you is that um, Denise is ill tonight, and she um, wants me to just let you know that she loves you dearly, and that she wishes that she was here, but I'm sure that she's watching, so we can just give her a big pound of applause after. So um, I just want to tell you a little thing that just happened. Um, When Denise called me and asked me to teach... Um, we were talking, I knew that we were going to be doing the B series and I kind of knew the different topics that we were going to do. And, um, she said to me, she goes, um, well, I've prayed and I specifically want you to do this one. So I'm like, okay. So I prayed and I told her I would. Okay. So, um, we got off the phone and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to start looking, um, Maybe that'll help. I'm going to start looking at what's perfect and um, complete. So I went to my daily devotion, which I love. It's called the Daily Light. And I don't know if any of you know that, uh, that devotion, but it's basically all scriptures. And so um, I love that because it's usually themed and um, it's just a really great thing. So I start looking it up and I look it up and you're not going to believe this, but for my birthday, this is the scripture. Okay, but that's not it. That, that, it doesn't end there. So about two months after, because I've been studying for this for a while, and um, about two months later, um, a friend of mine got a new app on his phone, and um, so I thought, okay, well, this looks like a really good app. I want to try and use it. And so um, I started you know, going through it. No joke. On my anniversary, the same scripture. So, do you think that the Lord wanted me to do this? And don't you love when he calls us to do something and how he just really prepares us and just really confirms it? So, tonight, um, we're going to look at what it means to be perfect and complete. Okay, this sound is going to drive me crazy. Let's see. 
see if I can fix that a little bit. I think it's, you know what? It's my earring. Okay. So that's good. So we're going to look at what it means to be perfect and complete. We're going to look at what God uses to make us perfect and complete. We're going to look at what our attitude and our um, response to what that process is. And then we're going to look at some practical applications. So first, I want to pray. Lord Jesus, we just come before you. And God, I just um, come before you with these ladies and Lord, you know my heart um, to just really speak your word, Lord, and to just to really um, breathe life into these words. God, will you just use me tonight, Lord, and just all of um, my flaws, Lord. Um, Lord, will you just have your word uh, go forth in power, and Lord, will the women just hear it? Lord, this is a, um, a good topic, but Lord, it's also um, a hard topic, Lord. And I know that there are many here that are going through many trials and many struggles. Lord, but God, you are our hope, Lord. And if they walk away, Lord, with anything, Lord, I just pray, God, that they would know that you are a good God. And so, Lord, we just ask right now as a group of women, Lord, will you just be in our presence? Fill us with your spirit, Lord, and just... Do a work in each of us, Lord, as your word goes forth. In Jesus' name, amen. So first thing is I just want to go over what the definitions. Um, I looked in the Blue Letter Bible, which any of you don't know, it's a great online uh, reference. And so I looked up what it meant to be perfect and complete. So first, uh, perfect is to be brought forth to an end. It's to finish It's to wanting nothing necessary to completion. It's full-grown and mature. Um, Perfect could be used um, of a plant that's grown grown and is bearing fruit. And so complete is um, whole, sound in every way, complete in every part um, and no wanting, entire, And then it also indicates that grace that's present in Christ that should be manifested um, in our lives as believers. Um, I could sum it up with just a small little sentence that says what perfect perfect and complete is. It would be wanting nothing and that that there may be nothing lacking to complete your character. So what in all that I just said, so what does that look like for us as a believer? So first of all, it doesn't mean that when I say perfect, I'm not saying you're perfect, you're going to have a sinless life, you're never going to mess up. It doesn't doesn't mean that you've arrived and God's done with you and you're not going to have anything else that God's going to be working on. Nor is it that perfection that we are going to be once we're with the Lord face to face in heaven. But it's it's more of the idea where... um, You'll be spiritually mature. You're well-equipped for what the purpose God has called you to. And it's also, it will reflect in your life the fruit of the Spirit, which is Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's a place in your Christian walk, um, where you're placing your trust and your faith in the the Lord for a couple reasons. It's because of who he is. You are trusting the Lord because of who he is. 
because of his character, because of his attributes, because of the promises of his word, no matter what the circumstances are. It's when your faith is growing. It's an active faith. It's when you know that you have everything in Christ. We've heard that word, in Christ. It's knowing that we're lacking nothing and that there's nothing that's lacking that's going to be completed into our character. Basically, it's being a spiritually matured Christian. That's what it means to be perfect and complete. So I want to read what our text is, and it's behind you if you don't have your, um, your Bible out. Um, my brothers and sisters, consider it nothing but joy when you fall into all sorts of trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect effect so that you will be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. And I don't know if you're like me, when I look up a scripture, I always love to um, look up the different versions. And so tonight I've chosen the message. It's uh, a very loose translation, but it really um, makes the point. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you at all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced out into the open, and it shows its true colors. And that, that pretty much hits. So don't, let, so don't get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any ways. So how does the Lord develop endurance in us? The big T word, trials. And James tells us to consider it nothing but joy when. He doesn't say, oh, maybe you may have a trial, maybe you're not. But it's when, not if. You fall into all sorts of trials. You know, trials are inevitable. Um, John 16, 33, and this is Jesus' own words. He says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And you may be right now, you may be in a trial, you may be uh, coming out of one, and I will tell you, if you're not in either one of those, you will be one in the future. (laughs) It's inevitable. And you know what? Trials all look different, and they look different to each of us. And what may be a big trial to one person may not be a big trial to another person. You know, they could be a conflict, they could be a suffering, um, they can be infliction, um, they could be a personal or financial loss. Um, it just, it, they all vary. Um, and they could be a small trial or a large trial. They could be really short or they can be very long. And if you're like me and you're honest... And you know what? We need to be honest. There are times when a trial comes and our first reaction is, oh, I'm going to pray that all these bad things are going to go away. Or you beg God, please remove this trial. Or you, you just say, okay, well, Lord, you know, help me to endure it. Or you say, okay, Lord, um, please bring me through this suffering with the least amount of hurting that I can go. I mean, it's true. I mean, haven't you done that? I've done that. 
But you know what? James tells us another way that he wants us to deal with it. He tells us to consider it a joy, to count it all joy. And joy means, it means gladness and calm delight. So I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, Debbie, right. You want me, I'm going through a hard time. You want me to be joyful. You know what? The scripture is not saying that. The scripture is not saying, oh, yay, I'm in a trial. I'm going to go jump up and down and I'm just going to be so excited because, you know, I'm going through this and, you know, the Lord's working in my life. And does it mean that I'm going to be happy because I'm going through something or, um, you know, something's happening with someone else? That's, that's basically really craziness. You know, that's, that's not what he's saying. But instead, James is saying, he says, don't try and step out of the process and rush through it. He's saying, but rather, and I love this, he says, lean into it, okay? We want to lean into it and we want to allow endurance to do all that God intended it to do. We need to rejoice and we need to thank him for what it's going to produce in us. And you know what? Our trials count for something. They're not worthless, We're not going through it just because it's just happening. God is producing something in us. And when we realize that each of the trials and the situations is an opportunity for growth, that's where we can have joy. And I want to tell you that that joy that I'm talking about doesn't come from what I can do or what you can do, but it comes from what God can do, who he is, that he loves us and that he calls us his own that we belong to him, and that he is right there with us in that time. And in those, those times of just struggling and trials, he produces in us a steadfastness and an, uh, endurance that cannot be shaken. So it's kind of, fun, kind of cute. I, I have this really amazing friend. Um, I won't tell you who she is, but when I talk about it, you're going to know who she is. So I was going through a really hard trial, and um, she gave me something. And, you know, when you think someone's going through a trial, what, what do you think you would want to give them? So she gave me a silver spoon. And you're thinking, a silver spoon? And the silver spoon had engraving on it. And I know you're listening, and I love you, and I miss you. It's from, it's from Marianne. I know she's listening. So, so to her, and you're asking, why a spoon? You know, and so to Marianne, the spoon represents Hebrews, where in Hebrews it talks about, let us consider one another to stir up, to get it? Love and good works. And on my spoon, it says, will not be shaken. And it had the scripture reference, which is Psalm 16, 8. And it's, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right by my side. And to this day, I have that on my windowsill as a reminder every single day that I will not be shaken. Because you know what? As I said, trials will come and go. I mean, it is a constant thing. The question for you ladies tonight is, when a trial comes, how are you going to consider it? So I have a few options, and we may have fallen into these options. Option one, you could rebel against it, and you could battle it on your own and say, oh, I'm going to deal with this. Or you could lose heart 
and you could just fall under the pressure of it. You can grumble and complain. Uh, how many of us have done that about our problems? Or even, this is even a little bit sadder, is that we indulge in self-pity. We can make those choices or we can do a better choice. We can choose to be exercised and tried by the difficulty and allow God to use the trial. And you know what? We may not know what God is doing, what his purpose is, but he has a purpose. And he knows what that purpose is. So we have a choice. We can either be bitter about it or we can be better. And sometimes um, when we go through a trial, you know, our first instinct is, and, that, and it's those trials that are like, whoa, catch you by surprise and like knock the wind out of you. You know, our first instinct is not to have joy. And a lot of times there's fear because there's fear of the unknown. And then there's times when we can go through something and, you know, we see God working, we see a little glimmer of hope, you know, we start to trust him and we see things are moving. But you know what? That doesn't always happen because sometimes the trial can last a long time and we may never see anything. But this is what I really want you to lay a hold of, ladies, that our hope isn't in what we see but it's in who God is and what his character is and his faithfulness. Because we don't see it um, doesn't mean that God isn't there. He is there. And the Bible tells us that we're to walk by faith and not by sight. And in Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, being convinced of what we do not see. And the more that we experience and know God and who he is and that he's a good God, that's where our joy comes from. And that fear, it turns into faith. I have friends, like I know that you have, and I know that um, some of the ladies talked about it when they came up here, where, you know, there's been some really, really hard, hard trials that people have gone through. And if you were to ask them, you know, um, what about that trial? You know, they would tell you that they would have not chosen to go through it. But this is, this is the part that's really amazing. They would say that they were glad and that they wouldn't trade it. Because why? Because of what God was working in them and doing through them. And not just in them, but in their families and what he was producing. And for me personally, when I look back... Um, at the time when my 19-year-old daughter came home and told us that she was pregnant, you know, that was one of those, ugh, kind of trials. But you know what? It was a really, it was a hard trial for our family. And there was many, many, many uh, prayers that were prayed and probably just as many tears over that period of time. But you know what? But through it all, we all learned to surrender we learned what forgiveness was. We learned what God's refining was. We learned God's love. And most importantly, we learned the love of the brothers and sisters in Christ. And you know what? Without, without it, I wouldn't have my beautiful granddaughter, who's 11 years old, if, that, if we didn't go through that trial. So God has a purpose in whatever we go through. Remember that we may not, have, we may not be happy 
what we're going through, but we can have joy. And joy is the awareness of God's grace um, and favor, which never changes. And you know what? If we, when we look in the Bible, we look at what the greatest example of joy is, and it's Jesus himself. You know, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night before he was arrested, you, ladies were there. He prayed this prayer. He said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not your will, but my will be done. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. You know, he knew, he had joy in knowing what was going to come with that cross. He knew the pain. He knew everything that was going to happen. But you know what? He did that for us, ladies. How much more of an example do we need for that joy? So I want to I move on to verse 3, which talks about the, the testing of our faith. And it reads, because you know, you know, you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect effect. And the NIV version says, let endurance have a chance to grow. And faith, um, it's tested through our trials. Trials reveal what faith we have, whether it's a tiny faith, whether it's big faith. The Bible tells us, Jesus even said, the faith of a mustard seed can move mountains. If we don't test our faith, we don't know if it's genuine. That's how we know that it can stand up under the test if we test it. First Peter 1.7 says that these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials... It will bring you such praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. And I just wanted to share this little funny thing. Okay, for those of you that know me and um, that know me well, you know that I love jackets. You know, some of us love shoes. Some of us love purses. I have this thing about jackets, and I will confess I bought another jacket last week. Like, I don't already have enough jackets. But you know what? If I buy a jacket that claims to be um, waterproof and I only wear it when it's dry, I haven't really put that jacket to the test. The test of that jacket is, is that if I go out and it's a downpour, is it going to keep me dry? You know, if it does, then it's passed the test. If it's not, then it doesn't. Faith is to believe and to trust God when we don't see what's ahead and we don't know everything, how everything will work out. We have a choice, ladies. We really and truly have a choice. Will I trust in God and his promises or not? It's a choice. It's easy to say, and I know we've all said it, oh, I trust God. I trust God. Anyone says that. But it's the testing of our faith is when we really do choose to trust him. No matter what is going on, no matter how bad it is or how severe it is. The world um, says to us, 
Seeing is believing, but God tells us, believing, believe so that you can see. So where does our faith come from? Well, Romans 10, uh, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God's word is so important. It's where we get to know him. You know, we can listen to great messages, but if we don't ourselves get into the word and read it, it's, it's how God communicates to us. It's like how we get to know him. It would be like, you know, learning how to drive and never like looking at the instructions. You know, you wouldn't even know anything about driving. You need to, I mean, God's word is so important. And it says that faith comes by hearing it, by understanding it, by trusting God's word, by reading it, by memorizing it, by pondering it and studying it. Kind of like what we're doing right now in our Bible studies. And we need to listen. You know, we need to be still. And we need to wait for God to speak to us. Um, the word needs to be part of your life. You know, it needs all, you need to know the promises so that when things happen, you can draw on those promises. And we need to spend time with him. And we need to build a relationship. So um, several of you people, several of you ladies know, but um, Sam and I were... Um, in a really serious, serious uh, motorcycle accident um, about three years ago. Um, We were um, with our um, fellowship. We have a motorcycle fellowship we did at the time, and we were, there was about 15 of us on motorcycles headed up to Mammoth. Um, It was in the morning. It was um, really hot. And as we're driving um, on the highway in the desert at about 65 miles an hour, Sam passed out. Um, And when I mean he passed out, he instantly blacked out. He collapsed on the motorcycle. I was on the back, going 65 miles an hour. Um, When all of this was happening, um, it's just so indescribable. I had this incredible peace while I was on that bike. As I was watching the bike go into the traffic, come out of the traffic, looking to see where we're going to crash. It was just like this peace that was with me that was from the Lord. And I want to just tell you, several, several years before that, I had been in a part of my life where I was just feeling really anxious. And um, I was just kind of dealing with the what-ifs of life, you know, what if something happens to Sam? What if something happens to the kids? What if we don't have enough money for this? Just that, you know, the what-ifs, you know, not that they're even there, but it's kind of the what-ifs. And during that, that specific time, a really good friend of mine, her husband died um, suddenly one, one afternoon. So I think that had a little bit of impact as to why I was feeling that way. But during that time, and um, I was really thinking about this as I was putting this together, um, the Lord gave me a promise. And it's really amazing because to this day, I can remember exactly where I was, who I was with, and there's actually a person that was was there that night. Um, He gave me this promise, and it's Psalms 46.5. It says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. She, God shall help her just at the break of dawn. And the Lord reminded me of that scripture that I had embedded in my heart all those years, right when everything was happening during the accident. And God was working that scripture 
in my life right at that very moment where I needed it because he was in my midst and he was helping me. Because you know what? A miracle happened that day because God was driving that motorcycle because Sam surely wasn't. And for me as a passenger, um, it should have been fatal. All statistics, I should have, it, it should have been fatal. But God had another plan for my life. And I was so thankful. I was so overwhelmed with just his presence that, that he spared my life, that I was, it was truly a miracle. And I walked away from that accident. I got off the bike without a scratch. There wasn't any dirt on my clothes. There wasn't a torn, nothing torn on my clothes. And I had no injuries. That's, it's just, it's a miracle. And I remember we were, um, I was in the ambulance um, driving to the airport um, because they had this, we were out in the middle of the desert. So they sent an ambulance and then they took us to um, an airport where they were going to life flight him to um, a trauma hospital because at the time we didn't know the extent of his injuries and we didn't know why he had passed out. And I remember sitting in the um, ambulance and just praying to the Lord, Lord, I really, really want to go in that airplane with them. I really want to go to the hospital. But I remember just telling him, but whatever you want to do. And I remember just releasing it to him. And I really have never done that where I have just been in a place where I'm just like, okay, Lord, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. And I had such peace. Um, it was just an incredible. It was just, I felt like I was in this bubble and I felt like the Lord was just protecting me. So unfortunately, um, well, I'm, I'm jumped off ahead of myself, but meanwhile, um, after when all this happened, all the rest of the team realized what happened and they had stopped and they were praying. And I know that I could feel their prayers. It was just so evident. And unfortunately, because of winds and because of um, the extra weight, um, the pilot told me, and I mean, I don't weigh that much, but (laughs) they just said that it would be unsafe to have an additional passenger. So I wasn't able to go in the airplane with him. But God, he worked it all out. Um, Usually when we're on a motorcycle trip, there's usually a couple of ladies that don't want to be on the bike all the time or, um, and they drive their cars and two sweet sisters drove from where they were to where the hospital dropped me off and picked me up and drove me an hour and a half to the hospital. It's just, I mean, God just worked it all out. He just worked it all out. Thankfully, Sam just broke his foot. He had surgery. He was in the hospital. And he, they ran all kinds of tests. And they, they just... Figured, I mean, there wasn't really any other cause, but they figured that it was because of dehydration that, um, that he had passed out. But you know what? For each experience that we have, we're granted a deeper and stronger level of faith in him. And that's a true testimony of me. Because if I hadn't had that scripture that the Lord gave me, like, I'm telling you, probably five years before, that it was a scripture that he was doing that he was bringing me right through that and I look back and I think and it's kind of interesting because even one of the guys said to me you were so calm he goes I was afraid that you were going to be freaking out and I'm like and I was I was just very calm and it was the Lord so this faith that I'm talking about 
it produces endurance. And endurance is an abiding under. It's to stay. It's to bear long. It's steadfastness, constancy. It's a choice to stay versus escape. And it's a picture of someone who's abiding under. It's persevering under a heavy load. The more that we learn to wait on God's perfect timing, his wisdom, his power to accomplish his perfect purpose and let go and give it to the Lord, the easier it is the next time, the more our endurance will grow. It's like a muscle. The more we do it, the easier it gets. James 1, 12 tells us, and I I put it in the female um, because... I love to do that. It says, Blessed is the woman who remains steadfast under trials, for when she has stood the test, she will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And I I read in a commentary, and I I thought this was so perfect. It said that, um, that from trials, endurance begins to spring forth. First, sprouting from faith, then budding into love, and then flowering into patience and joy. So how can we practically live out these truths? So the first one is that we need to be a woman of prayer. We need to ask the Lord for wisdom. You know, what is the, use, what is the right use of this trial? Lord, what do you want me to learn? We need to pray for endurance and steadfastness from the one who's already endured and proven himself steadfast. And Lord, ladies, we need to be honest. We need to be honest with the Lord. The Lord already knows everything that we're already thinking and feeling. We need to be able to surrender to him and confess you know, our doubts, our thoughts, our fears. Uh, we need to ask him to fill us with the Holy Spirit and with joy. Uh, We need to be a woman who is intentional and purposeful. We need to be intentional in our attitude. Uh, We need to be better than bitter. We need to be intentional in our praise and worship to the Lord. We need to be intentional in thanking him for what it's producing in us. Um, Sam and I kind of went through a, um, a trial that was unexpected And it was kind of one of those where, ooh, this is a life changer. And I just remember telling Sam that I wanted to stand on my faith. Um, I wanted my faith to show. I wanted to believe God's promises, and I wanted to walk in faith. And the reason why I did, the reason why I was so really just adamant about it is that for so many years, I've told my kids I've told people that I've prayed with, oh, trust the Lord, God is good. And then I thought to myself, here I'm saying all this, and if I don't do that and people are watching me, what testimony am I going to have the next time I say, Terry, you know, trust the Lord, you know, he's good, and she's going to be like, yeah, right, I saw you flipping out. Why would I trust anything that you're saying? But it's the truth, it's our testimony. And you know what? We're dealing with God's word. When we tell someone God's word and then we're not even believing it ourselves, that, that is so bad. So, I mean, I will tell you it's not easy. You know, I remember sitting down with my journal and saying, okay, Lord, what does this mean? Why did this happen, you know? 
how is this going to work? And you know what? It's okay. It's okay to ask the Lord. You know, it's, he's the one that you're going to want to go to. He's the one that you're going to want to bear your heart. It's okay to ask those questions. Why, Lord? Or, you know, how, do you, how am I going to do this? Or what, what am I going to do with this? You know, we may not always get it right, but you know what? God always gets it right, and he will get us back on track because he's a gracious. He's a gracious God, and he's gracious to us. Next one is be a woman who loves God's word. And I know that I've kind of talked about this, but, you know, we need to know God's word by experience. I knew God's word by experience during that motorcycle accident. You know, we need to sit down and say, okay, and when things are getting rough, what do I know about God? And for me personally, I know that God's a good God. A friend of mine said to me, God is good, and he's a good father. You know what? It was so simple, but it was so true. I personally know that his ways and thoughts are not my ways, and I am so thankful for that. I know that he loves me with an everlasting love. I know that he has good plans for me. I know that he will never leave me or forsake me. And I know that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. If we know what his word says... We can claim those promises. And when things are going bad and you like don't know anything else, but you know what? I know what God's word says and I know what he's saying. You know, we want to have God's word dwell in our heart richly. Um, The next one is to be a woman who remembers God's faithfulness. Um, You know, we want to remember all that he's done. And I'm real big on this. You know, we need to keep a journal. We need to Put our answered prayers, all those hard times that we've gone through so that when things are rough again and we're feeling like, well, Lord, where are you? You can look back at that and say, you know what? God did this. We need to be, and, there, and I call them stones of remembrance. We need to be a, um, a woman who remembers to thank God for the little things and to remind herself on how faithful he's been in other areas of our lives, whether it's our marriage, whether it's our kids, whether it's our finances. We need to remember that. Um, my oldest daughter, um, we, she was a prodigal, and we prayed for her for seven years years. And I know there are a lot of you women that were praying with me. Um, You know what? She came back to the Lord and she is strong for the Lord. But you know what? That next trial that came around, I remember praying and telling the Lord, okay, Lord, you brought her back. And it was like, I never thought, you know, it was a long haul and, you know, it was up and down. And I was telling the Lord, you did that, so I'm going to believe that you're going to do this next thing. Because you know what? God does those things that are impossible. And if we write those things down and we remember those things, the next time it comes around, you're going to be able to say, you know what? This was really hard, Lord, but you did it. And it just, it strengthens us. And Psalms uh, 143.5 says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the works of your hand. And the last one is to be a woman who is a comforter. And so you may be the one receiving comfort, or you may be the one giving comfort. The word tells us in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, It says, all praise to God, the Father and Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father, the source of all comfort. He comforts us 
in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them that same comfort that he has given us. And he comforts us so that we can comfort others. And you know what? That comfort could mean strength. It could mean encouragement. It could mean hope. And you know what? How often has it been, and I know that you guys can testify to this, that you've gone through a really hard time, and the Lord puts a sister or brother in Christ in your path that's encouraging you, that has been through the exact same thing. It's amazing. Or you can be like myself and other women too that have gone through a trial and have come out on the other side and have seen God's faithfulness that we can encourage someone else that's been in a trial that's similar, similar to us. Excuse me. Just remember, no trial is wasted. It's never wasted. God is so good even when life is hard. And life sometimes can be really hard. And I know that there is a lot of women that are going through some hard times. But remember that the fruit of your suffering will be greater than anything that you can imagine. Hold on to God's word in the midst of your trial, and you will persevere through it. And maturity will be the outcome, because what is being perfect and complete? It's being mature. You know, our Christian walk, it's a process. It's a journey. And when I look back at when I was first saved and the trials that I went through then and the trials that I've gone throughout my life, it's kind of like they've been stepping stones to where I am right now. You know, um, we may not always get it. And I mean, personally, I have not always gotten it. But you know what? God is faithful and he always gets it all the time. And we have a promise in Psalms thirty-seven twenty-four that says, Although they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them in their hand. Um, I just want to just make a quick little comment, and Yvonne just kind of alluded to it too, is that I love, as I was thinking about all of our B series, how the Lord has just weaved all of our Bs together. If you think about it, to be perfect and complete, you need to be still, you need to be brave, you need to be thankful, and you need to be content. It's all weaved together in being perfect and complete. And you know what? God's ultimate goal for us is that he wants to bring us to maturity, trusting him and allowing him to work it all out. And that we know that in and through him, we are lacking nothing. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for the promises of your word. Lord, I pray, God, for each woman here, Lord, I pray, God, that they would hear your heart, Lord. God, that you were there with them. Lord, it's you. It's who you are. It's who your character is. Lord, that we are to have joy. And Lord, that you want to do this work in each of us, Lord, that it's the process, Lord, that you bring us to maturity. Lord, we don't want to be those women, Lord, that... um, that are still young children. Lord, we want to be mature. And Lord, so I just pray, God, that you would fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. God, that you would enable us to walk the path that you have been, uh, that you've put us on, Lord. And Lord, we are so thankful, Lord, that you will be there with us. And Lord, I just um, thank you for each woman, Lord, and I just pray, God, that you would just do a mighty work in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.